haircuts we all need them sometimes they can be a bit of a chore sometimes it feels like you're on a bit of a conveyor belt and the person at the end of the haircut puts that mirror up and you kind of look at them like oh god but we go along with it because we're british right we all know what that's like so dom at Babylon Barbers, you'll feel right at home with a relaxed vibe and a professional experience all round. With both veteran and SENS discount, Dom has time for absolutely everyone, as everyone deserves that fresh haircut feeling. Supporting the local community is a huge part of the job, so go see Dom and get more than just a haircut. I use Dom myself, I couldn't be happy with the results. He'll trim your beard, he'll trim your eyebrows, all that stuff. Right, back to the show. Hello and welcome to the crazy world of Absolute Bedlam podcast. My name is Ben and I interview people from all around the world, from all walks of life, about interesting topics such as being an actor, musician, personal trainer, video game developer. You name it, I've probably had a chat with them. So my main background is music but I'm looking to get basically anyone from YouTube, Twitch, you name it, put them in touch with me and I'll have a chat, like I say. Um, Recently done a flurry of veteran episodes, so if you want to check that out, that's a slightly different thing called Tales from the Trenches with my friend and editor, John Belfield. But enough of that, I'm here to just introduce the episodes and just say, if anyone wants to help me out by donating to Kofi, which is a donation service which is available at www.kofi, which is ko-fi.com forward slash Absolute Bedlam Podcast. If you go to that website, you'll be able to donate a minimum of £3 to me. You can donate what you want and you can also set recurring payments, but I don't, you know, if you want to, then that's fair enough. But, you know, just do what you can, if you can, that sort of thing. Um, donations really, really help me out because this takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of energy, especially when I'm sorting out US people to podcast with and interview, etc. So every little helps really, really genuinely. It means I can really put some time into this and really like make it as good as I can possibly get. Um, I'm currently on the lookout for a webcam, as I've mentioned several times now, um, And that's a £70 product. So all of the donations that come from this Ko-Fi, Ko-Fi, will go towards that £70 webcam. Um, I don't like asking people for money, but if you're enjoying the episodes, say you've listened to more than two or three episodes the whole way through and you're enjoying it and you like what you hear, then a donation would massively be appreciated. Um, Right, I'm going to stop waffling and I'm going to let you enjoy the episode. But yeah, cheers, guys. Keep it bedlam, and I'll speak to you all soon. Take care, bye. Hey, guys, this is Ryan Van Puderoin, and you are listening to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. Oh, thank you so much, dude. I appreciate that. No worries. How are we doing on this technical nightmare of a day, Mr. That it was weird, but hey, we're we're doing something, so it's cool. Something. So this is going to be an audio only 
And I'm so glad that I've got Ryan on the episode because he's one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. And I think at this point, if you had hair, Ryan, you'd probably be ripping it out, right? Oh, no. You know what? That's the part of uh, being positive is is in yeah. life. There's the variables of life that get thrown at you. Um, and there's an equation. Let's start this off on a positive matter. And Absolutely. everyone needs to remember this equation. And that's an event plus your reaction to it will always equal your outcome. So I believe that you need to be uh, positive with your reactions because it determines the outcome of your day, the outcome of your week, your year, and your life, right? So we, we had some problems, Ben, but whatever, yeah. not a big deal. We're, we're getting it done on audio, and uh, it hey, done. it's all good. That's it. Fantastic. So I'm just quickly opening up my Google Keep notes. Yeah. Um, so we've spoken at length um, on Facebook and stuff like that pre-recording. And um, I want to give a quick shout out to Ben Watkins, one of my friends, who I, I shared an iMonolith um, music video to the Absolute Bedlam podcast Facebook group. Nice. And he, he messaged me saying, there's no way that you'll get that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I'm we here, are, man. I'm here. Here's I'm the chat. proof. Yeah. That's it. So if you believe in anything, then you will do it. Absolutely. You'll find a way. If there's a will, there's a way, man. That's it. That's it. You just need a good attitude on life, which is what Ryan has. So I've got my notes up. It's a bit of a left field question to start with, but I think it's really important. How was school life for Ryan? School life was great. Um, When I was growing up, I was very focused on... um, on uh on friends and and even at a young age i was focused on establishing solid friendships and i really believe in honestly in honesty being faithful and uh you know just being a good person to to the people that you include in your life and it's funny i recently like a a year year ago or so my mom told me a story about me that i didn't even really know she said when I was a kid and I had my birthday parties and the kids would come to my birthday parties. Um, I'm a very empathetic person. And, and what I would do is I'd open all my birthday gifts, but once they were open and it was playtime, we do games or whatever. And then uh, kids would just hang out and play or whatever. My mom said, I would always ask the kids what toys they'd want to play with the new toys that I open. And I would always choose what, whatever would be left over. Right. So it's like, I always, was looking you know I'm, I'm not into people pleasing you know yeah. but what what i'm into is i don't know just just hey what's mine is yours and yeah. you know let's not take advantage of each other let's just share stuff and and be cool with each other and let's have that yeah. o- honest open communication in all of yeah. our relationships and and just be true to each other and i've developed some amazing long-term relationships because of that you know and and even to go a little deeper and it's a little bit of a personal thing for me yeah but uh you know i had a wife for 18 years and we're separated and divorced now um and uh you know what very grateful for the experience but we're also we still remain good friends and it was amicable and you know uh yeah, you know, it's a good thing. And I love the fact that I can come out of that where most divorces end pretty ugly, 
You know, yeah, let's, be, let's be honest, the percentage is in the 90s, you know, so I'm in that 10% or less where I'm, I'm grateful that I'm still friends with her. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think it's it's very keen. So when I grew up in when I grew up in school, I was brought up that way with my family. And uh, my school life was was really good because I had great friends, long term friends. And I just got along with with everyone. And if there was bad vibes or someone I didn't get along with, then uh, you know what? I, I moved on. Nothing against them. It's just not for me, you know. And yeah. even being single the last two and a half years, I you know started dating again, you know, and all that stuff. And stuff didn't work out in dating or whatever. It's nothing against the person, you know. It's just it's not the right fit. And, uh, yeah. you know, I've met some amazing girls through that too, right? So yeah. everything's, everything's about how you approach it. And like I said, there's that, there's that equation that I started the, the podcast off with. And it, it applies to my school life when I was growing up. It applies to the friends that I have and all that. And the bottom line is an event, whether it's making friends or playing live, whatever. But an event plus your reaction to it always equals your outcome. So yeah. always appro approach it positively. And that's how I approach school. I did well yeah. in school and that's that's pretty much my answer there. <laughs> there we go. Fantastic. So slightly darker question, but what was the naughtiest thing that you did at school? Can you remember? Uh, yeah, easily. The the big the <laughs> worst thing I did is like when I went to school, I uh I, I got really good grades. You know, I'd I'd be C pluses, Bs and a couple A's sprinkled in there, but you know, was really good up until yeah. about grade twelve. In grade twelve. I was just so infatuated with drumming and wanting to do music for a living that mm. I skipped literally half the year of school and yeah. just would go jam with guys who were in their 20s because I came from a small town, Port Alberni in Vancouver Island. And, uh, you know, I was blowing away all the guys who were in their 20s and 30s at, at 15, 16 years old, and they wanted me to drum in their band. So I'm like playing in bars and stuff and all that at 15, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh and so I'd skip school and do that. So I, I literally skipped half the year and the principal caught on to it. I was dating this girl and her handwriting looked exactly like my mom's. So I got her to write all these notes throughout the year. And uh, it funny story is my mom drove me to school the one day. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Sure, I'll take a drive to school instead of taking the bus. And and then she got out of the car. I'm like, hey, where are you going? And she's like, I'm coming with you. I'm like, what? And I guess the, the principal called her up and said, we need to talk. And so... Yeah. I had to do the walk of shame in front of all my friends. There's this alley, oh, it's man. called Eyeball Alley. And it's this yeah. foyer, foyer in the school. And yeah. everyone hung out there in the morning before class. And I had to yeah. walk down there with my mom. I was like trying to keep 10 feet behind. She's like, come on, Ryan, what do you, you know? I was just like, oh God. <laughs> Went into the office and Mr. Misato, he's like, you, you know, you skipped half the year. And, you know, it's like, there's no way you're going to graduate. You'll have to come back. And, you know, I know you're doing it for music. And mom was all disappointed. And uh, he said, so you do this, you know, it's like you, you need to focus on something that'll really make you, you know, a, a career you, that's that's realistic and all that. And I just looked at him. I said, you know what? Screw you. Yeah. I don't give a shit what you guys say. I'm out. And you know yeah. what? I'm not proud of it. Didn't graduate, but uh, mm -hmm. it didn't matter. I achieved what I wanted to achieve. And I'm doing yeah. fucking awesome. Better than <laughs> better great. than anything else I wanted to do. I'm doing what I love for a living. You know, yeah, not everyone gets to do that for a living. So Definitely. that was the darkest thing, I guess. And maybe it's not dark. <laughs> you know, it's like, did it? Did I sneak out and, uh, you know, yeah. recess and have sex in the woods with a girl yeah. and my girlfriend? Yeah, <laughs> I did all that shit. You know, it's like, but 
that to me is probably the worst thing because I'm not proud that I didn't graduate. I wish I did, you know, and I thought yeah. about going back just to get the credit, but now I'm like, I don't give a shit. It's just yeah, a piece yeah. of paper and I don't need it, you know? So Definitely. yeah. There we go. For those people out there that are not sure what to do for school, then uh, follow your dreams. This is it. You should always do that, whether school's involved or not, whether your yeah. job's involved or not, whether the people in your life are involved or not. You know what? The bottom line is mm. this. Remember this, if an airplane's going down, what do they ask you to do? You put the air supply on your face, oxygen mask on your face before you help anyone else. Why? Because if you help yourself first, you'll be able to help everyone else. Yeah. You know, so take care of yourself first. Go for your dreams. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Yeah, love that. Awesome. Right. So <clears throat> I'm quite aware that today in five months, Ryan, is your 50th birthday. Yes, it is. To the day. It's a day so, coming um, up, yeah. Have you got any plans for it? You know, it's funny I don't. Because I'm not one of those guys who, who you know, sets up, it's my 50th, let's get together and party. Yeah. You know, it's like, if, you know, you have a girlfriend or whatever and she surprises you with something awesome, I'm all for it, cool. But for me to just go out of my way, it's like if I do anything, maybe I'll go home to the island and, and spend it with my parents and and my close friends there that I grew up with and, and just have a little bit of a, a thing there. That might be something cool, you yeah. know, but like, uh, I don't know. It's 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 definitely a monumental year. I don't want to downplay it because, no. you know, half a century old is a pretty big deal, you know, and. My wife, when we we're still together, she threw a great party for me on my 40th birthday, which it didn't. Yeah. I was on tour for my 40th birthday with Fear Factory and Devon Towns. And, and yeah. I celebrated in Munich, Germany on stage. They sang happy birthday to me, 4,000 people. It's pretty cool, right? But, yeah. you know, like, uh, yeah, she surprised me for my 40th. But I don't know. We'll see. You know, we'll see what yeah. happens with my 50th. I'll, I'll do something for sure. I'm not trying to yeah. downplay it, but no plans. That's yet. cool. Yep. Looking forward to the Facebook post. I know there'll be one. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> You're really, really active on Facebook. And I'm really happy that we've uh, managed to get together through the medium of online. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Um, that's how I got Billy Sheehan as well. So um, nice. I know that it works now. So yeah, that was cool, man. Um, so, how did you discover drums? Did you mention that you found it out at school? No, drumming came into my life because my dad was a piano teacher and a musician. He played in the cover band in town. And my brother, Jason and I, we would always go to their sound checks and uh, they'd always be in halls and stuff. So we'd bring our hockey sticks and play hockey in the halls or whatever. And, and then, you know, eventually I just started jumping on the kit when they'd finish and just start hammering around. And uh, dad noticed it, said, Hey, you want to play drums at a 10 years old? I'm like, hit stuff. Yeah, let's do this. You know, yeah. and, <laughs> and that's how I got into it. And I, I started late, you know, lots of kids are starting at five years old and stuff. I have students who are five and six years old, but yeah, you know, for me, it was like, uh, yeah, I was just like, let's do this, you know? And so that's how I got into it, it was basically the big influence from my dad. Yeah. When you're around it all the time, it gets, you kind of get sucked into it, don't you? You do. Yeah. Product of your environment and all that. Yeah. Um, when did you realize that you could drum as a career? When did you realize that you could actually get paid? Oh, that was when I was in my 20s. Because it, it took a while because I, I moved to Vancouver after the whole school incident happened when I was 17. 
mm-hmm. at a really young age, I moved to the big city. So you go from a city of 40,000 people, to this city of a couple million is just like an eye opener. Right. So I moved there and I hammered it out till I was, you know, maybe 22, 23, I started getting into some serious gigs where we get paid. And then I started doing session work and started a bit of teaching. And that's when I started developing this career as a musician but it you know it wasn't until devin townsend gave me a ring when he's 29 mm. years old i mm. hammered it out there for 12 years you know but it was you know when devin finally got in touch with me that things really opened up and that's that's where my career really started to take off yeah no doubt we'll get into devin in a bit but um yeah. i was gonna say i apologize as well because um i didn't realize that you lived in vancouver and i was messaging you an hour before this was actually meant to go live saying i'm in the zoom meeting so i, I want to get that on record but i am sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so keen <laughs> sometimes right. it can be my downfall if i'm waiting on zoom and realizing that you're actually in a completely different time zone to me but yeah, there good. we go we're here now yeah, right good. so Devon Townsend. Um, been listening to Devon Townsend for about, I want to say, twelve or thirteen years. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to him a lot more lately to prepare for this interview. Um, I'm, am I right in thinking that the most recent Devon Townsend project album was the one that you all collaborated on to write with? That's correct. Yeah, Transcendence was the one where he said, "Let's write a bunch of tunes together." yeah and before that it was very much sort of ryan i've got this idea and you kind of had to do some studio work and like how did that all sort of work for you as a drummer that was exactly it what would happen is devin would come to me and he'd say hey you know like uh here's the songs he'd have drum machines of the basic kick and snare beats that he wanted he'd say put your stamp on this. And yeah. there were times like songs with super crush, for example, on, uh, on addicted yeah. uh, the song grace from Epicloud and, and a few other songs that I collaborated with him and I actually got songwriting credits on. So before transcendence I actually did have songwriting credits and other songs. And, uh, yeah. but he was, he was super cool, man. It's like, he'd give me his ideas and he has a great connection with drums so he'd give yeah. me his ideas and he would be like, here you go. Um, you know, it's like, uh, go for it, you know, do your thing and then I'll produce you from there. And so yeah. he did let me do it because you could hear my drum fills. You could hear my influences and, and how I was on there. Right. And uh, it ended up being super cool. And uh, we would work together on my drum parts and do it. And, you know, then there is a time where we did uh, the album Z2, the s- second mm-hmm. to last album. It was a, a double album actually yeah yeah and um you know he gave us six months uh six weeks we we were basically writing transcendence for that record a lot of people don't know this and then mm. he scrapped it and he said i want to do these two albums instead z2 and this and he said six weeks and i was like holy mm. shit so i didn't really have time to pay attention to his drum parts and i basically wrote all the drum parts on my own and just said here they are you know, yeah. you gotta live with this. This is what it is. You know, and some yeah, yeah, of them, yeah. like the song "Hyperdrive" or 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 like uh, just some of them, I I obviously paid attention to uh, to what he had down, like "March of the 
Poozers, for example, on that album, he had kind of a specific drum beat and all that that he had in mind, and and I followed yeah. that. So there were a few songs like that, but the majority of the record, I just went on my own thing because I was like, we don't have time to sit there and learn stuff. I just yeah, have time to really lay down a drum track that yeah. suit that that song. So that's how that was approached, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of changed and evolved, I, I guess you could say, over the years. And yeah. um, he was super easy and, and cool to work with with the drum parts, and I always respected his vision yeah i think z2 was quite rushed and i think devon's even admitted that but i was oh, quite yeah. fascinated by the um the inception of z1 where um he did a drum kit from hell sample didn't he it was all electric yeah, it was all programmed yeah crazy but um how did you find learning that because i know sometimes oh. it can be a bit too robotic dude when you're... it was I'm not, not, not gonna lie, man. It's a fucking bitch. You know, it's like yeah. oh, shit. You know, like by your command, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like yeah, man. that was intense, you know. But like, yeah, 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 like I I went on, I went on and I learned it, you know, and and it's funny because we we did a live Blu-ray um in Plovdiv, and that's one of the songs, mm -hmm. and people lost their shit when they played it. And it's <laughs> funny, we played with the symphony. And during the rehearsals, every time we finish playing that song, they just watch the ending part that I do, which is pretty intense and technical. Yeah. And they would clap. Even in rehearsals, they'd be like, holy crap, you know, and they're just <laughs> blown away by the drums. And you can even see it in the Blu-ray. They're yeah. just watching me as I play this end part, right? So it's, it's, it's a testament to how difficult the drum part Dev wrote, you know, yeah. but, you know, I played it like uh, the drum machine, you know, it's like I stayed mm -hmm. true to it and, and, did it like it was supposed to be done and yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a proud moment it's kind of cool that was the last you know that was one of the last tours we ever did yeah. was that one and the only other tour we did after that live blu-ray shoot was uh, a tour with clutch and mm -hmm. uh that was it for dtp so i'm glad that we got that on video and you know i can watch it at any time and you know it's it's, it's yeah, a cool, yeah. cool memory fantastic i've got your um blu-ray of royal albert hall downstairs in my front room and nice. i don't know what it is about the last song man universal flame but it just makes you cry i think it's where he brings his son out yeah i'm just like i can't handle this this is too much it's like too much of a sort of sensory reaction to just you can tell like i watched you guys at bournemouth as the warm-up show yeah and oh he wasn't yeah that was a great show well. that was fun yeah yeah and That's a cool venue too. It kind of looked like a miniature Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, yeah, it's a good warm up. But um, he was mentioning that he sounded like Super Grover, and he yeah. was saying that he's got a bitch of a cold, and he probably yeah. shouldn't perform. <laughs> but he's very self-deprecating, isn't he, Devin? He, he so, is. He really is. And you know, yeah. he's easily one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. So you know, it's yeah. like if there's a guy that's going to deliver, it's Dev. You know, and, and he's still out yeah. there, you know, with his new formation of the mm. band killing it as well, you know. So yeah, much, much respect to him. And uh yeah, he's he's a professional on every level. Yeah. Well, um, we'll move on in a sec, but last question on Devin. Do you still speak to him now? Yeah, you know, it's like last time I spoke to him was in May. I wish him a happy birthday and just texted him like happy birthday, man, safe travels, and blah blah. blah. And he's like, Oh, thanks so much. And, yeah. uh, you know, but, you know, there's the thing is, is like we have the friendship, but there's really uh, there's really nothing to talk about. You know, it's like, yeah, I could 
you know, I could send them, you know, like, hey, how's it going? But, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like if something monumental happens, that's great. He, he wins a Grammy or a Juno or whatever. It's like, I'm going to congratulate him or whatever. If I bump into yeah. him, of course, I'm going to be like, dude, what's up? You know, but yeah. yeah, it's not one of those friendships where we're talking every week. And, mm. you know, it's just we're in a band together and we haven't been in a band together for almost five years now. Yeah, so, I got so you know it's like or four years so you know it's like uh yeah you know you gotta you know it's it's like i i love the fact that we can still stay in touch but um you know things have moved on and uh like i said he's he's killing it man it's like i wish him all the best i hope it blows up even more for him you know and and i'm just focused on a monolith trying to get get our placement in the world you know and Hopefully, Absolutely. hopefully we can blow that sucker up too. Once, once we finally start touring, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I love what I hear with I'm on a lift, and I'm um, I'm really happy that you guys are constantly on the road. I think you played Bournemouth, the Anvil, maybe recently. Uh, Just you know now. what? We uh, we were supposed to. Um, yeah. That that got canceled. That tour for the third time. Ah, okay. it, it was moved to uh, January, February next year. Yeah. Okay. And, and that'll go through. Like touring is full yeah. fledged back on. If you catch COVID, people are kind of like, oh, you caught COVID. It's like a cold now. You know, it's like, mm. you know, it's like, I know there's still some tours that get canceled and shit because people catch it. But I bet you half the fucking bands out there right now are catching it and just, oh, I just have a cold. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, because to cancel a tour, oh my yeah, God, yeah. it's a lot of money, you know? So, yeah. And and to be honest, everyone's during the majority of the world's vaccinated. We've done everything we can do. Like, let's yeah, just yeah. get this shit back on the road, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, so yeah, we're yeah. I, I guarantee you will see me next January. Cool, man. Nice yeah. one. Yeah, the uh, the anvil's about an hour an hour drive away from me. So um I'll definitely make a conscious effort to come and see you in the real world rather than just on a phone. Yeah, man. So, yeah. No, that'd be Sweet. that'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Cool, cool. Right. So the way An- Anchor works, I probably should have told you this. It records in 25 minute segments and then okay. we'll start drifting apart and we'll become out of sync. And I don't want that to happen because we've already had a fuckload of audio issues today as it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll send you a new link in a sec and then we'll start talking about all things iMonolith. Okay. A little bit of 10 ways from Sunday and Terror Syndrome, if, uh, if you're up for that. Yeah. Cool. I'll speak to you in a sec. Okay. Bye-bye. Archie Soul Male Grooming. My main sponsor for Absolute Bedlam Podcast. I have been with Archie Soul since I think April last year. And it's been such a good experience for me to go a bit back and forth with Mark. Um, give him some ideas he gives me some ideas for the podcast in return and it's a really nice relationship that I have with him I'm very very grateful to um, get loads and loads of free samples from him and help grow his uh, company at the same time so it's a nice little natural thing that we're doing I've got some notes here two seconds so Archie Soul Men was created to bring some of the finest men's grooming products from around the world to the men of the UK. Not male models, not Instagram filters, just the everyday bloke. We do not sell ordinary, we sell outstanding products made by craftsmen who care, and these products really do work. 
products that will make you feel great at work and at play. Clean and fresh with every use. So archiesoul.com is their website. Free shipping orders over £25. Get free shipping. No quibble, 30 days return guaranteed. All dispatch from the UK and an array of excellent five-star customer reviews on their website for you to have a look at if you want. US-based products, Archisol does the rest right here from the UK. Let them do the heavy lifting for you. Code Bedlam2022 will get you 20% off your total order, except for leather bags and razors. Some of the products include Duke Cannon, Anthony, Walton Wood Farm, Ace High, Darwin's Grooming. Just absolutely incredible products, incredible companies. Just check them out. They're incredible, like I say. <laughs> I've said it three times. Beard oil, shower gel, deodorant, wallets, beard combs, notepads, leather bags, anything you want for all the males out there to feel a little bit more special. No plastic, no problem. Just a cardboard box for the goodies and environmentally friendly packaging for all of the safe transit. The shipping, like I've mentioned before, is incredible. I order stuff on Tuesday and I get it on Thursday. You can't ask for more than that, really. Uh, their website is on Shopify, so it's got all the latest payment options available. So yeah, look good, feel great. Archie Soul, male grooming. Right, enjoy the episode and see you later. Here we go. Here we go again. Right, so when Devon Townsend ended... Did you think, oh shit, what am I going to do? Or did you think, right, I've got all of these other projects that I've just mentioned. I can actually now put some proper time into it. Or was it just like luck meeting preparation and sort of one door shut on you and another door opened at the exact time the other one shut, if that makes sense? Uh, you know what? To be honest, it's none of those three. I'll tell you what the <laughs> actual deal was. Is Yeah, man. Just being honest, and it's it's not a slight against Devin at all or anything, but he's he's known for you know strapping and did it. Devin Townsend, Mandy did it. Where he starts things, and then eventually he gets bored. Not bored, yeah. but uh, that's the wrong word. Uh, he feels he needs to move on. He's, yeah, it's it's yeah. ran its course for him, so he needs to to start something else. And Devin Townsend project originally wasn't even supposed to be a full on band. It was more supposed to be exactly different projects that he records with a bunch of people but and he did do that with the various records there are tons of guests on especially deconstruction but like yeah. um but he just found having a core group of guys from vancouver that he had already been playing with for years just made sense to tour all the material so you know when we were in that band we were just like when's this gonna end like, when's this going to end? And and is he going to, mm. because he was with us in Devon Townsend band, now he has us in Devon Townsend project. I highly doubt he's going to want us for a third round under a different name. That just didn't make sense. So, you know, Brian and I, the bass, bass player in Devon Townsend project, Beef, yeah. uh, in 2015, we decided to start writing music together because we like the same styles, all that stuff. And we just said, okay, you know, let's, uh, let's do this. You know, let's um, let's let's just do this and and get into it, right? And um, let's start writing music and see how it sounds. And that became a monolith tunes. And yeah. um, you know, eventually, 
uh, we're just like, let's write an album's worth because we never know when Dev's going to pull the plug. But if he pulls the plug, mm. there's some music that we really enjoy that we can go out, record, get some members in, and make a run for it, right? And uh, then, you know, inevitably in 2018, Devin decided to pull the plug on DTP, which, you know, was our gut instinct. It would happen, and it happened after Transcendence. And the weird thing was, Devin was, and he even made posts on his Twitter about it, that he was giving us demos for Empath which is the album that he did under just his name as a solo project again. But we were going to record that record for him, right? Yeah. And But eventually, you know, he just thought about it and he said, no, this is the time I need to, to shift. And so mm -hmm. he did. And so Beeve and I, when we found that out, I was like, okay, this is our chance. Let's do this. Let's do a monolith. Let's go. We didn't know it was called a monolith, but we said, this is, this is what I want to do. And the yeah. thing is, is, I did a get, get approached by a couple really big bands, actually. Some, you know, really good bands. I'm obviously not going to say for, no, you, know, you know, but um, I got approached to, to join a couple of really cool big bands. You know, one one was even bigger than what Devin was. And, uh, yeah. but the thing is, is like, it's going to be a hired gun again. And my yeah. dream, my true dream, mm. like the majority of my dreams are accomplished through Devin. I'm, again, I'm not downplaying it, but my biggest dream is to get to that type of status you know or bigger of mm. what devin is with my own band you know where yeah. it's it's music i wrote it's this and that and you know sure i can take another hard gun gig and 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 you know it's like the money's awesome and because yeah. i'm not making money with the monolith right now it's like we're, we're trying to recoup costs for our yeah. album right but you know but once we get out there touring and if it goes not only is it going to be awesome for us, but it's going to be, uh, I think financially it'll really pay off well too, especially if it, it blows up because, you know, we're doing this on our own record label. We own everything. We haven't yeah, given right. anything away to, to the labels or anything. So we own it all. Right. So it's the greatest challenge I've ever had in my life. And it, and technically still getting started, even though we've been a band for four years, COVID just, put a kibosh on all of it right yeah. so so it's when we get out there touring that's when it really starts you know and yeah. we got two albums of support from it but that's that's how a monolith came together is we we were writing in 2015 preparing for the what we thought would be in the inevitable and and our intuition was right you know and yeah. again it's not a slight against Devin. it's just mm -hmm. how he works and he has a pattern right and in the past yeah. with strapping with Devin townsend project and other things that he's done so uh and all the power to him because i think it's cool what he does and and i think um mm -hmm. you know that's that's how he operates and that's how he feels best and what works for him and that's what's most important for him and his legacy so yeah yeah kind of like a snake shedding its skin and starting again sort of 100% yeah pattern yeah fantastic so what's the new album called the a monolith. For, a monolith the new album's called progressions fantastic and the reason we call the progressions story behind it is mm. it's not your typical album to be honest it, it was going to be an ep and technically it is an ep um we kind of got shit on in the press a little bit from some people keyboard warriors you know but uh you know with uh saying this isn't an album you know it's it's like yeah we but we released that in our press release saying this isn't your typical album what we did is we wrote i think there were seven new songs or no 
we wrote like four or five five new songs there were a couple covers we did yeah. a remix we did a remix of uh the rain with jens kidman because it's on our original album and it turned out wicked and then uh we included three demos from the early days before our first album was even released yeah, and that's yeah. why it's called progressions we wanted to show how we progressed from our demo days into the music that we are now uh show that hey we can pay respect to really to a couple really cool covers and and you know and do that as well right and yeah. um yeah so we uh we did that and um that's uh that's why we named the album progressions is to show the progression that we made from those you know 2018 to to where we are now and uh i think it's really cool because it's just showing different sides of the band and how we're how we're currently progressing into what i believe our next album will ultimately be you know our, our ultimate sound yeah no i get that so the demos we've got breathe the rain and instinct yeah a uh, bit of nine inch nail cover in there we're in this yeah. together yeah and um yeah it's it's fantastic i've um listened to quite a lot of it lately as you can probably imagine preparing for this yeah um army of me is one of my standouts yeah that's when um, bjork bjork cover yeah that's it it's just it's nice to sort of i can tell it's still you on drums and yeah. i know that sounds like Thank a strange you. thing to say because like Joe Satriani, I can always tell when he's playing guitar, and Paul Gilbert, I can always tell when he's playing guitar. But well, you've got such a solid sound to you. Oh, I appreciate that, man. And you know, right. it's something I worked on over the years. You know, it's just yeah. like it's it's nice when you know I got my dream. One of my biggest dreams that came true was getting that you know six seven page spread in Modern Drummer the feature yeah. interview was me and dave weckle you know and, and my name's on the cover and you know it's like it's a pretty big mm -hmm. deal right and and they i remember the interviewer at one point he goes you just have this sound your symbol work stands out and just you have this groove to your playing and he goes yeah. it's undeniable and when you have modern drummer telling you that it's like mm -hmm. okay i can yeah. i can go to sleep great every night now <laughs> it's like it's it's awesome right so i appreciate that man it's like i've worked right. hard to i always i always have this quote that i say to all my drum students and that i tried to apply to me and my drumming and and myself as a person and that's be a first-rate version of yourself not a second-rate version of someone else mm, that's good yeah that'll get clipped and put out on instagram <laughs> yeah. that'll yeah. get people listening fantastic yeah. so what was i going to say so the guitar, not the guitar, the drum magazine. Yep. I remember watching a video. It might have been like a tour documentary. And you're talking to like a class full of kids or adults. I can't remember exactly. Yep. But you talk about shooting for the stars. And even if you miss your aim, you'll sort of end up in the moon and that, that sort of thing. Yep. And I realize that you're not the sort of typical drummer that kind of just shows up, plays drums, says about five words the entire day. And you've got quite a lot of like things to say. And I think that the world needs more of what you're saying. And it comes from a sort of personal sort of situation where you've, you've been through rubbish stuff in the past and you've gotten through it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's it. It's like, uh, it's what I've done, man, is, is I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. 
I've done a lot of really cool things and I've succeeded in many areas of my life, but everything is a lesson. Uh, mm. You know, let's, let's even use relationships, you know? Um, I don't believe that there's a bad relationship. You know, it's like, it's a lesson. And mm. if your relationship is great, you're succeeding with that relationship. But my relationships that didn't work, I'm grateful for every one of them because they taught me something. And yeah. there's there's always something that I could be better at from those relationships. And there's also things that succeeded that I can look at and go, okay, how can I repeat that again? Because if that works here, maybe it'll work here. So I look at the, the positives and the negatives, and I'm always looking to progress, to better myself. Yeah. Right? So I think that ties into to what you were saying there. You know, yeah, definitely. It's, yeah. It's, it's like so. I want to use these things when I do seminars and stuff, and and I also do motivational seminars. So yeah. you know, it's like I, I want to I want to spread this to people and, and make them realize that life is what you make it, man. You know, yeah. if 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 you're gonna wake up in a shitty mood mm. and you're gonna have a shitty mindset, you're gonna have a shitty day. Okay, Absolutely. but if if you're gonna wake up and you're gonna see whether the sun's shining or, or it's cloudy and rainy out, mm. either way, you got to make the best of it. I, I was just on vacation in Mexico and three of those yeah. days, uh, the first three days were rainy. And mm. I remember looking outside and I was honest, you know, and I was just like, gosh, fuck, it's raining. That sucks. I said, but you know what? And I'm here with my girlfriend and uh, we're going to make this a great day. It's yeah. self-talk, and I was saying it out loud, too. I believe in positive self-talk. And I'm like, we're going to make this a great day. You know, it's like I, I have her, and yeah. we can spend this together, and we'll find a way. We're on a five-star resort. You know, yeah. it's, it's awesome. So we did that. We went on a nice breakfast. We decided, let's catch a cab and go to a mall. It's pissing outside, yeah. rain. Let's let's go to a mall and do some shopping, you know? And so we did, and we made we had great days, you know? So. Yeah that's it life is what you make it so i i really want to to send this message to the people who follow me all my drum students get a daily dose of it and yeah. uh you know what my friends do my family do and mm. and and the th you know i'm giving it to you guys as well you know it's like yeah. that's just the way that i approach life and you know what everything's not great dude i have shitty days yeah yeah i remember the last day of my tr vacation i was at the airport the baggage was like an hour hour and a half late Oh, getting geez. off the plane god right. knows why it was like 11 30 yeah. at night it's grumpy you know and <clears throat> you know and and even with my girlfriend it's like instead of taking it out on my girlfriend what did i do i i went and sat by myself she was grumpy and it's was, was just hey just give me a few minutes you know what i mean mm -hmm. and and i know because i don't want to drag other people down mm -hmm. you know and, and then on the car ride home we got our luggage and all that you know hands on her lap we're laughing making jokes talking whatever you know it's like Excellent. Everyone has their different ways of dealing with it, but honestly, the the key word life is what you make it. Yeah, it's about developing those coping strategies as well. Yeah, and so I think it's a, important to share that with people. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean that my approach is right, but mm. my approach works for me. And yeah. so maybe it'll work for you too, Ben. Maybe it'll work for whoever you know. But yeah, the bottom line is it works for me, and I've had a ton of success throughout my life. So mm. hopefully if I share this, take, take what you like, man, you know, but yeah. give, give it a shot. And I, I really 
hope and wish that it works for you as well that's my approach yeah yeah fantastic yeah it doesn't matter who you are in the world if you're jeff bezos if you're elon musk if you're bill yeah. gates you cannot control the weather no nope. doesn't matter who you are what you do if that fucking cloud's gonna empty with rain then you either sit back and enjoy the rain or you be miserable and seek shelter <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter so yeah i love that thank you for sharing that it's fantastic um in terms of fitness you're always um constantly sort of promoting this healthy lifestyle mm. and obviously it aids your drumming because you're physically able to perform as well as you can at that time you're optimized um what would you say to people that struggle with that sort of thing and how can they get back on the horse um you know what, man? It's it's your choice. You know, yeah. it's like if you struggle with it, the reason you're struggling is because you're not doing anything about it. If yeah. if you if you want to be healthy, if you want to lose fifty pounds, if you want uh, to have your blood pressure in check, you are the only person who can make that change. If you decide that you want your blood pressure to change and all that, but you're fucking eating salty chips every fucking day it's like yeah, you know what you're not doing yourself any favors it always starts with you and yeah. so the best advice i can do is is man up be honest with yourself get out there and and make the changes that you need to do and stick to it you know it's mm -hmm. like all these fad diets and shit i'm not a fan of any of them you know yeah. it's like all the you know as atkins diet blew up and now there's this keto thing i'm like fuck all that shit you yeah. know what? i don't believe in any of those things you know what i do believe in and that my doctor told me way back in the day when i had a back accident i gained 50 pounds was overweight uh couldn't drum as good was always out of breath you know it's like just and i've been in shape the majority of my life except for that time where my back accident happened and i, I couldn't really work out because it was so bad right and i had to recover yeah. but if i stayed on top of my diet mm. i i, I would have been I wouldn't have gained the 50 pounds, but I didn't. I let it go. And you know what? I remember I was getting ready to, to, to get married in 2009. Um, and December of 2008, about five months before it, it's 50 pounds overweight. I was just like 25 kilos or whatever. And uh, I, was, I was like, I, I don't want to look like this for my wedding. I don't want to look like this for my wife. I'm yeah. making the change. I'm sick of this. And my doctor said to me, he goes, Ryan, I said, what, what's the best way to do? He goes, Ryan, calories in versus calories out. The only diet that will ever work. Eat healthy foods, stay away from your sugar, drink lots of water, do this. But it, that's the simple equation. There's all these fad diets. And you know what? Everyone rebounds. Keto diet, I know so many people have done it. And guess what? They gained all the weight back. It doesn't yeah. fucking work, man. I'm sorry. I'm going out. I'm saying that. I know they made billions of dollars off it. You know what will always work if you stay on it every single day? Calories in versus calories out. Because when I lost all that weight in 2008, in five months, I lost close to 60 pounds. Jesus. Yeah. And, and that, so 30 kilos or 28 kilos, whatever it is. And you know what? I busted my ass in the gym, but I also was on top of my diet. And I'll tell you this right, right now, guys, there's an 80-20 uh, equation, 80% diet, 20% the gym, because everything you do in the gym, you can undo with your diet in the day, okay? Yeah. So like, so just 
watch your calories, eat healthy stuff. You know, everyone's like, oh, I don't like healthy food. You know what? Everyone loves healthy food. I don't know many people who don't like strawberries. It's a right. fucking healthy fruit. You know what I have for breakfast? I have grapes, strawberries, blueberries, and apple cut up and peaches cut up. And I put it all in this bowl. I mix it up and that's my breakfast. Sometimes I add yogurt to it. You know, it's like, I just do these different things, but I love all those things. And I always remind myself whenever I eat, I'm like, oh, this is actually really good. You know, so I, I do that for breakfast and it's filling, it's fiber, it fills you up. You know what I mean? And then I make sure after my workouts, I have a protein shake, you know, I'll make sure I get some extra protein in there and, and I take care of myself that way. I don't avoid carbs. Everyone's like, oh, carbs are evil. It's fucking stupid. Carbs are good for you. They give you energy throughout the, the day. But if you're sitting there eating donuts all day and you're like, <laughs> oh, it's within my calories. It's like, of course you're going to gain fat, you know, sugar. It's like, just be smart, you know, and yeah. that's what I do. And so I'm really on top of my health. I'm almost 50. I have yeah. abs. I'm in great shape. I got muscle, you know, and it's yeah. like, and, and I can play three hour Devin towns and sets and, and not worry about it. You know, it's yeah. like I could play another three hours after that. A true fact, to be honest. And I, this is a testament to me staying in shape is I, I'll never forget, um, you know, doing these shows with Devin and, uh, whenever he did those blu-ray shoots those three hour blu-rays that we shot whenever he did them you know how long sound check was usually sound checks 30 minutes or so take a guess how long a sound check was 45 three hours we ran the whole set. we Damn. whenever we did those like yeah, with yeah. the royal albert hall and retinal circus we had literally massive sound checks Okay. And with Plovdiv, we didn't do a three hour sound check, but maybe an hour, hour and a half. And the thing is, you do those sound checks two hours later, you're up there doing it for real. Yeah. So yeah. I, I play six out of eight hours for those shows, mm. you know? Yeah. And, and it was no problem. So yeah, I was a bit. Yeah. I was a bit surprised I spoke to Billy Sheehan when um, Steve Vai did live at the Astoria. They actually recorded for two days. Yeah. I had absolutely no idea that that was the case. Yeah, but yeah, there we go. Peek behind the curtain. Yeah, fantastic. So yeah, that's uh, all I wanted to ask really about your fitness and your health. And you sound like you've got a lot of energy, you know. And I've obviously just looked at you on Skype and failed to get it working, but you looked like you were uh, full of life and yeah, loving yeah. it. No, no I'm uh, I'm tanned from Mexico and uh, I'm fit. Yeah. I'm feeling good. And you know what? It's like with my diet and stuff, I, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I don't touch chocolate bars or chips. Last night, you know what? I had a long day and, uh, you know, there's a lot of shit going on yesterday in my life and it, it was a tougher day. And it's like, ah, you know what? At the end, you know what my dinner was? I had a, I had a beer and uh, and a pizza. You know, I'm like, fuck it. I don't give yeah. a shit. You know, it's whatever. It's, it's the weekend. I'm doing it. Today, yeah, I'm yeah. back on to my healthy diet. In moderation, yeah. of course, I like my beer. I love beer. When I travel around the world, I look for all the different types of local breweries and, you know, try the different beers, you know, it's like, but it's in yeah. moderation, you know what I mean? So live life, man. You don't restrict yourself from mm. chocolate bars and all that shit, but you do it in moderation and then everything's yeah. cool, you know? You drive yourself fucking mad if you just flat out refuse totally. to again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Right. So we're just going to go to another quick break. Then we're going to talk about 10 ways from Sunday and terror syndrome. Then I want to know what your best gig you've ever played has been. You can have more than one for that because you've had multiple lives. 
Yeah. And I also want to know the worst gig you've ever played. So have a think about that. Yeah. We'll be right back. And uh, I'll send you a link in a sec, okay? Okay, bye. Hello, hope you enjoyed that episode. Just got an ad read from a new sponsor called Set Surf. So, Set Surf is a small British company passionate about mineral sunscreen and natural skin protection. Our range of sunscreens and creams are designed to protect your skin naturally without harsh chemicals which harm coral reefs and aquatic life. So, If anyone knows me in real life, they'll know that I'm from a seaside town and one of the most important things when you go to the beach and probably anywhere in the world, really, to be fair, is sun cream. And we all know how much of an absolute disaster it can be when you go to the beach without sun cream. So I want to make sure that people are using the right sun cream and not the rubbish, cheap alternatives from many, many supermarkets. (laughs) I won't call any out. Um... But yeah, this is how Set Surf is different from all that cheap, nasty stuff that will just about get the job done. So it's 100% mineral. We don't use any harsh or weird chemicals to reach SPF 50. They just use zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, which makes them perfect for sensitive skin and all of your kids. It's reef safe because we use no chemicals which harm coral reefs and aquatic life at all. Our sunscreens are genuinely reef safe. They're also non-nano. We use non-nano sized particles which don't sink into the deeper layers of your skin like you get with some chemical sunscreens. It rubs in virtually clear, so set sunscreen rubs in very well without leaving any chalky marks or residue on your skin and they are also very, very water resistant. Lastly, they are packed with good stuff. They contain Kalahari melon oil, argan oil and aloe vera to nourish and moisturise your skin. If you shop the range at www.setsurf.com, use the code BEDLAM20 to get 20% off any of the products on their website. So that's www.setsurf.com and use the code BEDLAM20 to get 20% off of anything on their website. Right, another ad read coming right up. See you later. Hello. Hey. So when I was researching your life, I have to admit, I've heard of terror syndrome, but I've not heard of 10 ways from Sunday. So I'm interested to know how they appeared in your life and if they're still going. So uh, if you want to um, go with terror syndrome first, if you want. Yeah. Terror syndrome was, there was a little break between Devin Townsend and Devin Townsend Project. And I decided to do, that was originally my solo album. Still kind of is because I wrote all the music. And uh, and then I just got different guest musicians to appear on it, you know, and uh, kind of pulled the page out of Devin's book and just said, ah, why don't I do my own music and release an album of it? And it was just a digital release. And, you know, I got a bunch of cool, tre- cool guests like Trevor Dunn from... Mr. Bungle played bass on it. Uh, Christopher Malmstrom from Dark Kane had, uh, you know, like Byron Stroud from Strapping and, and all that. He appeared on it. Uh, Alex Skolnick from Testament was a guest. Like, I just got a bunch. Devin was on it. Just a bunch of people and released it. I just thought it'd be something to do. It was never meant to be like a touring band or anything um, and released it. And then 10 Ways from Sunday 
was uh or it's called 10 ways originally it was 10 ways from sunday but now then when i joined it was 10 ways that was a band that the young brothers mike and dave young from devon towns band and uh dave also played devon towns project uh it was their band and they just asked me to drum in it and uh it was really cool man like i'm really proud of the album i released with them uh the solution it uh it was a really cool record and it's prog rock and I got some really fun drumming out on that and it sounds killer my brother recorded it and yeah it's it's awesome but those were just two side projects nothing both yeah. of them are defunct now nothing's going on and i don't think anything will ever come from either of those again it was yeah. just a couple side projects to do on the side yeah, fair enough cool cool um top three drumming inspirations um neil peart hands down was mm -hmm. my biggest influence uh vinnie paul on the metal side from pantera mm -hmm. was another one um and i'd say you know you know tim alexander from primus was another big one for me but a guy who's been a huge influence for me probably the past oh, geez 15 years or so is gavin harrison from porcupine tree uh yeah. he's he's my favorite drummer on the planet right now and uh so the those would be like my main influences there, but I'd say Neil, uh, Vinny, and then Gavin. Have you had the luck of meeting any of those people? I met Vinny several times because we played festivals together and stuff. And yeah, uh, I met Gavin, uh, I met Gavin at Nam one year, which was cool. Got a picture with him, and uh, it's funny, I was in Mexico and Gavin actually reached out to me on facebook because you know I, I comment on his page and like yeah. his stuff or whatever and i guess just a, a mutual respect thing and he um reached out to me on facebook messaged me and said hey i'm going to be playing uh vancouver with pineapple thief you know and i'd love to invite you to the show and it's like fuck i, I was going to go to that but i'm actually going to be <laughs> in mexico and he's like oh have a good vacation <laughs> you know and so yeah, yeah. that kind of sucks it would have been kind of cool like i saw pineapple <laughs> thief in december of uh 2019 and he's it was awesome i love the band too and uh would have been cool to go again especially when one of your influences and the guy you have a mad respect for on the drums invites you you know so yeah. but uh yeah those those would be my top three fantastic it's funny how it always comes back to rush right i'm talking to brendan from wheatus i i pretty much like rush hijacked our entire podcast together um, we were talking about he watched them perform at a beach. I think it might have been Miami. And um, they just finished this like epic song. Well, I, I can't remember which one it was because let's be honest, they're all epic, aren't they? And yeah. it came to this massive crescendo. And just as the last drum beat hit, this swan flew across the stage. Wow. And, uh, I'll send you a link to that because it's definitely worth a listen. It's just the way cool. he describes it. It's just so funny. Yeah. But yeah, just always comes back to Rush. Yeah. So, uh, just read um, Dave Grohl's autobiography as well, and he mentions Neil Peart and Rush quite a lot in there as well. So it's just funny how they just seem to be this tree with multiple branches. Yeah. yeah fantastic. So, best gig you've ever played in terms of like, holy fuck, that was incredible. You can obviously pick more than one because you've had a pretty mental life. Yeah. You know what, man? I've, I've, you know, played in front of I think it's close to 100,000 people at the Sonosphere Festival with Metallica for their Black Album anniversary. And I've done, you know, 
massive festivals. I played arenas, you know, like I remember playing arena, movie star arena in, in Chile and we were a headliner and it, it's just like lots of gigs. But the the one that hands down stands out more than any other gig and is hands down my favorite gig to date. And it only holds 4,000 people is Royal Albert Hall. That was, yeah. that was, that was the gig because I don't think there's a more iconic gig on the planet and anyone, you know, you got artists who can sell out Wembley stadium who cherish Royal Albert Hall. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just the gig, you know? And, yeah. and, when I walked through there and sat in the same room where Ringo warmed up and, you know, it's like, I'm a huge Beatles fan and, and uh, just all those things. It's just like, wow, man, I'm here. I'm doing this. Yeah. Like, and a yeah. true story about this. I was so overtaken. We did our sound check, but when we started the show, it was, uh, we played all of Z2 in its entirety, the dark matters record. Yeah. And uh, it starts and it's, it's kind of a technical intro, the, the Z2 intro. It's just a quick little two and a half minute intro for the album, but the, the music's kind of technical. And there's this one drum part that's pretty involved and technical. And I played it a million times, wasn't scared of it. It's fun to play actually. But I remember I was in awe. I was just looking around and going, holy <laughs> fuck, this is yeah. insane. And then I looked up top and the standing room only was sold out as well because we sold it out in a day and then they released standing room only tickets which sold out in a day. So yeah. it, it's packed to the tits in there, right? I'm just like, holy fuck. And and then when I came back to reality, I'm like, where the fuck am I? And yeah. literally, lots of people haven't, no one's picked up on it, but the drum part is totally different from the album. It's because I went into drum solo mode. I'm like, just keep drumming and get back on to where you're supposed to be. And that's exactly what happened. And, and it was just, just because I was so in awe mm. of, wow, I'm playing fucking Royal Albert Hall, man. This mm. is intense, right? This is awesome. And so, yeah, that, that gig hands down stands out. And then, you know what? It's like Plovdiv with the symphony was cool. Retinal Circus at the Roundhouse was really cool because it was yeah. like the first big Blu-ray production I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, they, those those stand out, you know, playing with Metallica, Sonosphere, and those huge crowds. Uh, it's just, it's endless, man. Yeah, it's man. Endless. You know, playing with Meshuggah and co-headlining uh, Brixton Academy. There's, you know, England's a big place for Devon, right? So we played yeah. all the big venues ex except Wembley, um, you know, mm. in, in England. So a lot of very cherished memories uh in that country in your country man it's like yeah i, I loved it but yeah royal albert hall hands down yeah yeah we definitely show up for you guys in droves um yeah, yeah fantastic so um hopefully the i monolith tour next year it's been rescheduled um we'll do the same for you and you'll have a that's great time i'm hoping man it's, okay. it's like that's that's my goal that's my vision and i see that's it coming it. true so you know, so, I, throughout my life, uh, things have always seemed to work out. So I think, that's yeah, yeah, my next big one. Love that. Good attitude. Um, might have to step back a tiny bit from memory lane, but what's the worst gig you've ever played? <sighs> it's you know, that's a real hard question for me to answer because, as I've already said earlier in this podcast, I'm a positive person, so I always take the positive from the negative, but. Yeah. Um, I really, 
I, 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 I can't really think of like the worst, you know, like I remember we played Bloodstock, which I'd say is the most challenging gig. I wouldn't call any yes. of them the worst, but I think the most challenging gig is we played Tuska Festival in, in, uh, mm. yeah. in Helsinki in Finland. And then we had to fly the next day straight to Bloodstock and or no i think it was brutal assault and then bloodstock but it, it was anyways we had to do that all of our gear got lost which is a typical yeah. thing with really tight change uh layovers we had like a 45 minute layover we we're like fuck our gears not making it man you know and yeah. got on the plane sure enough showed up none of my shit was there i had to borrow drum sticks i had to make a make up a kit it wasn't my kit just all the shit. And then we get on stage, X32 wasn't working. We couldn't get the click playback going through our ears. So then we had to use monitors, which none of us have used, like a monitor mix with the click blaring through it. And yeah, it was funny because Testament was playing there and Gene Hoagland was side stage, who drummed with Devin and Strapping and solo stuff for years. And he was literally helping me out. God bless the dude. But I said, Gene and I were buddies and shit. And, and you know, it's like, I was looking at Gene and, and he's like, yell at me what you need, Daddy-o. And I was just like, fuck, more click, more click. And it was, dude, the whole show was just a yeah, fucking man. nightmare. It was so bad that Bloodstock invited us back the following year to, to have a proper show. Like, I think we ended up playing 20 minutes just because so many problems occurred, right? And, yeah. uh, Anyways, that that show really sticks out for technical difficulties. That one took the cake, and it was a yeah. festival. So there's twenty, thirty thousand people, whatever the cap is there, just looking at us, going, "Fuck, get the show on the road, boys!" You know, we're twenty yeah, yeah. minutes late, and yeah, that was a fucking nightmare, man. Yeah, man, that sounds mental. Yeah, I, I always go towards like the technical difficulties. It's not that the crowd sucked. You can always win a crowd over, I think. Yeah. Yep. Especially when you get to a certain point, but when it's technical and there's a fucking buzz or your cymbal breaks or you kick through your bass, you know, your your bass drum, that's stuff that you can't necessarily control and you can't influence and you just have, you know, you have to have a spare one on hand so you can hot swap it when you're playing sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So, riders. Probably had quite a few of these. So what's the most mental slash inappropriate thing that you've ever had on a gig rider when on tour? Well, riders, <laughs> they always ask you what you want, but sometimes they just throw shit in there. And I, I don't know. There's, it's, it's funny. Sometimes we get like, a, I don't know, underwear or socks. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's nothing outrageous. It's not like a, a box of dildos showed up or anything. You know? <laughs> it's like, you know, it was like all of us are married, so we don't have our selection of condoms and shit. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. so, you know, it was uh, nothing too, too crazy really sticks out, to be honest. You know, it's like it just stupid shit. Like backstage with us, you know, it's not fucking boots mm. and titties everywhere and stuff there's five dudes on their phone sitting on a couch yeah. you know it's like, and and yeah so for the riders mm. it was actually pretty healthy because dev really was in the healthy eating same with the other guys so you know and and then you know you'd always run out of socks or whatever or, or maybe you needed emergency underwear who knows you know it's like yeah, yeah so yeah it was it was nothing too crazy nothing i'm sorry for the lame answer but nothing really yeah, cool, man. sticks out yeah 
craziest fan experience you've ever experienced? Um, I had this fucking girl who snuck by security once and tried hunting me down and I was like in the fucking shower, man. And, <laughs> and yeah, it's like, luckily, uh, luckily the, I think it was my drum tech or someone that caught her, you know, but I'm like buck naked in there and I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know? And yeah, she <laughs> literally found her way back there and shit. And I'm just like, holy shit. And I like never got to me, but it's just like, it's pretty crazy because I heard the commotion. I look out there and there she is. And they're like, you need to get out of here. I'm like, what the fuck she doing in here? Yeah. And, you know, and she's like, they're saying, no, you know, and I'm just like, get her the fuck out of here. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's kind of weird, man. You know, yeah. and I'm like, I'm fucking married. I wear my, I wore my wedding ring wherever. When I was on stage or whatever, um, yeah. I could, can wear my ring because I get a blood blister within minutes. Yes, rubbing the sticks and how hard it hit. So I wear my ring around my necklace when I play or whatever. But uh, then I put the ring on, you know. But yeah, it's that's pretty pretty messed up, man. Her just yeah. getting past security and trying to get to me, you know, it's like, me down. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, last question on the gigging pre gig rituals. Yeah, for me, um, visualization. I will close my eyes and I'll just do my rudiments. Lots of guys think I'm just concentrating, but I'm visualizing me playing a great set and visualizing me on the stage that I sound checked on. I'm having fun. I have a big smile on my face. The fans are loving it. Nothing's going wrong. I'm just fucking slaying it and taking in every single moment and enjoying it and being grateful. So my biggest ritual would be when I'm warming up is to visualize, close my eyes and just envision a great show. And you know what? I get up there sometimes and break a drum head or shit would go wrong. I fuck up a fill. It's not, life's not perfect, man. You know, if life was perfect, this would be the most boring place in the universe to live. So when those things would happen, it's it's more of a learning experience. Oh, how'd that happen? Why did it happen? Okay, I learned my lesson and try not to do that the next day. But, you know, I'd say, you know, 90% of the gigs I've played in my life have gone fucking awesome. And then there's those 10% where you drop the stick, your skin blows up. Uh, in fact, Retinal Circus, man, that Blu-ray at the Roundhouse on the song War, I actually blew my bottom snare head. And it's a Blu-ray. Right. Yeah. And they had to switch out my snare drum after that song. And I, I gave the Team America like, holy fuck, to my drum kit, uh, drum tech. And yeah. he ran up. I'm like, snare's gone. He's like, holy shit. You know, and he got the other snare ready. And boom, we had like, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds in between songs and switched it out, done. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, shit happens, man. You know, but uh, again, life is what you make it, right? So with these these pre-ritual things, that's probably pre-gig rituals. That's probably the biggest one for me is just visualize a great gig and go out there and have fun and make the most of the situation. You know, that's, that's what I would do. And uh, other than that, you know, it's like, uh, I didn't do any 10 toe taps with my right foot and 13 with the other, you know, it's like, I didn't do any mm-hmm. shit like that. It was just positive thinking, uh, being grateful that I'm able to do this and, uh, just go out there and give the fans the best possible show you can because they're paying hard earned money to come see you. And without them, you don't make a living. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's not just about you. It, it's, 
It's about those people who are giving you the opportunity to live your dream. So yeah. I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And I take that very seriously. That's why I always went up there and gave 110%, whether I was sick, whether I was healthy, whether I was tired, whether I didn't want to be there, whether there's shit going on in my life. There are lots of, you know, family problems, pets are sick or could be dying happened to me on the road. And you know what, when I went up for that hour and a half, I, I gave everything I had to those fans. So, yeah. you know, it's like, uh, that's the thing for me, you know, the, the only thing that I have is a ritual is to visualize an incredible show, you know, yeah. and, and gratitude. Yeah. So teaching drums, have you got any capacity for more students? Or are you yeah. absolutely rammed? Actually, I just put a post out the other day that I do have two open slots at the moment because uh, a couple of my students are, one of them is going on like three month vacation and they're not going to be able to do it, obviously. And uh, the other one's relocating to Spain. And so it's going to be a while you know, he has to get a new place, find drum kit over there. So it'll be a while before he comes back in. So I'm just like, yeah, you know, a couple spots and they won't be for three months. If I take on new students, I'll, I'll teach them for as long as they want to be taught. And yeah. the majority of my students, like I've been teaching the on average for a couple of years. Like it's usually not a few lessons and done. It's like these, these people are sticking around. They do biweekly lessons with me and we, yeah. we get them to where they want to be with their drumming. But yeah, there's two open spots as it stands right now. And other than that, I don't have the time. So, yeah. you know, and if people are interested in drum lessons with me, um, you can reach out to me on my Instagram and direct message me there. You can reach out to my Facebook artist page um, mm -hmm. and uh, you can message me there. And uh, that's the best way to get in touch with me because that's where I do all my advertising for lessons and then people get in touch with me and we take it from there. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, any hobbies outside of music that you're really passionate about, or is there anything coming up later this year that I don't know? Are you planning to go kayaking, for example? Uh, my biggest thing are, are cars. I love driving my. I have a Volkswagen mm -hmm. Golf R, which is their yeah, man. Kind of their fat, the fastest car they make, and it's a hatchback, so I can put my drums in it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you know, I'm really into cars, and I love fast cars, and you know, like just really get into that stuff. So my, this summer, lots of road trips. I love getting in the car and going, you know, so that's, that's the plan of attack road trips and, and enjoying that. Yeah. I remember you put something up on Facebook about your car. Cause you've got a um, semi-automatic gearbox, haven't you? So you can right. put it into gear mode. Yeah. That's how I drive it. I drive it in that, but you know, it's like a manual in a city sucks you know, mm. and gas mileage is better. It's actually faster than the manual too, um, yeah. manual version. And you know what? I love the best of both worlds. If I don't want to have to, you know, be pushing in a clutch all the time, you know, it's like, it's nice to flip it over to an automatic. And when you're downtown stoplight, stoplight, whatever, it's good. You know? So yeah. I, I love the DSG, man. I love it. Yeah, so right. um, yeah. and that car is fast for, for yeah. what it is and I can throw yeah. my drums in it. So it's, it's a lot of fun. There we go. Multiple purpose. That's the future. Yep. Um, favorite video game? Uh, NHL hockey. That's nice. It. Yeah, I'm a hockey guy. So NHL hockey, that's the one. I completely forgot that you were so into your sports. Yep. 
Love yeah, it. Early UFC, yeah. I'm a big fan of UFC and big fan of hockey and tennis. Nice. Awesome. Great. So we're just going to wrap up, really, because we've got a couple of minutes left. First things first, Ryan. I think this goes without saying, really, because I reached out to you, but your music and the projects that you've been involved in, a lot of my friends have gotten sort of me into Devon Townsend and the Devon Townsend band and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we go to like house parties and we just go around for like barbecues and stuff. And it would always be on in the background. I remember around accelerated evolution. There was a depth charge was on and like stuff like suicide and things like that. And it's just been a really nice journey listening through DTP and obviously, I know that you weren't necessarily the driving force behind the music that got written, but I just wanted to say thank you, really, because it's had such a profound impact on my musical tastes. Because pre-DTP, I didn't really listen to that much metal. And uh, it's really served me well when it's gotten me into so many different bands as a result of that. So thank you for that. Appreciate yeah, man, my, my pleasure. And it was an honor to be a part of that with Devin. And uh, I'm glad yeah. that it brings so much joy to this day to to all the people like yourself and all the other people around the world that enjoy it yeah it really does create such a ripple effect music doesn't it you don't really realize it when you're in it but when you see all the fans and you you walk around town and people want to take pictures with you you realize what an impact you're making and it's it's fantastic recommend it to anyone if they are willing to put up with sitting in a van for seven hours with people farting you know exactly if you can withstand that then you can withstand anything, right? 100%. Man. <laughs> so what does the future look like for RVP? What's coming up the, later this year? Uh, to be honest, it's just trying to get a monolith on tour, maintain my teaching, and I really want to enjoy this summer. You know, it's like uh, summer's coming. It's one of my favorite times of the year, along with Christmas. And uh, just keep on moving forward, keep progressing in my life. I'm always working on myself as a person. I will never stop that. I always believe we can become better and we can learn more. Um, so I always try to work on myself and, and uh, be the best that I can be as an individual. And uh, like I said, really push a monolith out there and, uh, and enjoy life, man. That's it. Yeah. Every, every single day is a gift. So I, I try to enjoy every single day as much as I can. Yeah, completely agree. And I will absolutely try my best to honor the promise of coming to see you in Bournemouth because like I said it's an hour away from my house yeah um, let's so I might do it up. drop you a message and see if we can get an interview on the go or something in the real world rather than just on a phone yeah man yeah, talk something out. Sure. yeah 100% but yeah right is there any parting words any questions for me anything that yeah. you want to promote yeah you know what I always like seeing at the end of it uh you know, you only have one shot in this life. You don't got nine lives and, and all that bullshit. This is it. So you got to make the most of every day. Uh, do what you love and love what you do every single day. There's no time for the bullshit. Uh, you know, be authentic. Be authentically yourself. I actually put a post out on my Instagram and uh, Facebook today saying that, you know. And uh, to... To be honest, uh, it's it's such an important thing for you to do. And and that post, just so you guys uh, know what it is, 
and this is a good way to end it, be your authentic self. True happiness comes when you don't have to watch your words or actions and instead are expressing yourself in your most genuine manner. That's what matters. You know, be yourself. Don't be scared to be yourself. Don't be a, a second-rate version of someone else. You know, mm. live life to the max. Make every day yeah. count. And, uh, you know, surround yourself with good people because yeah. the five people you surround yourself most with directly influence your life. So, you know, life is what you make it. That's what my Oprah always said. And I love using that quote too. So just make life the best it can be. And you know what? Shit times are going to hit you. But when they do, try and learn from them. Don't focus on the negative. Because you know what? Tomorrow's another day. You, you, you get to start fresh again. You know what I mean? There's, there's just so much uh, bonuses to that. Uh, you know, it's, it's like no matter how much you revisit the past, there's nothing new to see there. Mm -hmm. yeah. So don't, yeah. so don't do it. You know, it's like, um, <clears throat> another thing I always say, it's hard to move on, but someday you'll look back and realize it's the smartest thing you ever did when you run into difficult times. You know, it's like, yeah. don't, don't just don't try to, to be something you're not be who you are and say what you feel, you know, cause that's, that's who you are. So be, be authentic, be you and enjoy the hell out of life and uh, make the most of it. Fantastic. What a way to end. Thank you so much for your time. And I will be in touch very soon about some pictures, but yeah, Sounds enjoy good. the rest of your day, dude. And you as well. this will go up very, very soon. So um, I appreciate yeah, it. Can you post it when it does and I'll, I'll post it. Absolutely. Cheers, dude. Have a great day and I'll speak to you, you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Cheers guys. Bye. Hello guys, got a new ad read for you from a company called Optimus U. Um, so they are a fitness and sportswear company. Um, they are an excellent example of how fitness and sportswear should be achieved. They are going towards the fully sustainable route, which I am well behind planting a tree and all that sort of stuff for every purchase. So I've got this to read out. I've got Optimus U. We are much more than just a sportswear brand. We are a community full of fighters for 100% of the people, absolutely zero discrimination, and only using the very, very best quality in organic, sustainable materials made ethically here in Europe. Whether you're taking your dog for a walk or hitting that new personal best in the gym, let us help you along your journey and letting you become the most optimus version of yourself. Recently got these on board because I think that Luke from Optimus U is a fantastic example of a leader and lockdown has helped him create and develop this amazing brand. Um, and they are incredibly involved, they're incredibly inclusive like I say and I cannot recommend them enough. So give them a go at optimusu.co.uk if you use my code which is bedlam10 bedlam10 you'll get 10% off your order and I, I just I think they're fantastic um, they haven't put a foot wrong truly absolutely awesome company um, I've recently been given a shirt and hoodie from them and I will be ordering some more stuff from them very very soon so shout out to OptimusU uh, right Back to the episode. Cheers, guys. Bye.